Please be seated. Welcome to every one of you in the house of God. We are so privileged to be together in this place. And I believe as God says, two or three people gather together in the name of Jesus. He is present with us. And this morning, we will see how we are greatly helped. This is the reason why we need the Holy Spirit. And I feel that this is the key even for us in these last days. How we can win, how we can overcome. There is no other because the world is like, just like a vacuum, is trying to suck us into the world. And if you read the parable about the sower and the seed, where the seed fell, and then it grew. But it grew together with the world, which is with the other plants. And the other plants come up and choke. So you can imagine that the world and the desires and the worry of the world and the busyness of the world, it has such a great power even up until choking to death. And this is what we are facing now. But we have a helper, a great helper that Jesus promised. And in this month, from the senior pastor, we have the theme about being strong to take hold of eternal life. And if I can invite you all to stand up together, we read these two verses with a loud voice, yeah, because this is the, the command of God that we should do in our lives. First Timothy 6, verse 11 until 12. One, two, three. But as for you, all men of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Thank you. Please be seated. So, Paul warned his spiritual son, Timothy, do not be busy with controversies about words. And also, don't be busy with pursuing after wealth, after riches, because it's all is going to disappear. And then he continued in verse 11. But for you, all men of God, you have to flee. So there is no just inactive. No. We cannot just being inactive and say, no, I'm just looking, I'm just observing, I'm just being here. But the words say, you cannot just being passive. But you have to flee. If not, 
the world and its desire will choke until death. So we have to be active fleeing and then instead we have to pursue. And if you see the word pursue, this is the same word that is also translated persecute. So when you are pursuing someone to persecute, so that kind of pursuing with such a, an effort, with such a full of energy and strife, you have to pursue righteousness and godliness. So how we live day by day. Do we live in godliness, in faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness? And then continuing, Paul also say, fight. So we need to realize that in order for us to be victorious, we cannot just being passive Christian. There is a fight. The word fight here is being a contestant in a competition. And in order to fight, you have to be fit, right? You have to be healthy. You have to be strong. Fight the good fight of the faith and take hold of the eternal life. The word take hold, it means to lay hold or to seize. So there is a force seizing something, taking possession, overtake. So all these things telling us that when we already accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord, we have faith, we believe. But we should not stop there. You have to fight. The fight of faith. Because there will be many things that arise in your life on your pathways that will try to squish your faith. There will be storms that will, you know, making you like losing hope, losing faith. Where is God? Why God did not help me? Why God seems to be distant when I'm in such a need? So those kind of things can shake your faith. And if you are not holding on, the Bible also writes, some people leaving off their faith. So those were believers, but then they fall away. They fall back. So this is what we need to be listening to and take heed. That in order to get to the eternal life, you really have to fight. Except, just like uh, the one that is being crucified next to Jesus, upon dying, he said, Jesus, I believe you. And after that, he died. So yeah, he's saved. But when, after receiving Jesus, you still have to live your life, that's when you have to exercise your faith. And here, if you see all these things, it means we really have to 
make an effort. Just like an athlete, if you want to win, you need to have a coach, right? If you don't have a coach, well, maybe you can win, but it's going to be much more harder. You really have to push yourself. You have to learn everything yourself. But usually, normally, when you are going into a competition, you need a coach. You need a helper. You need someone who can tell you, you should do this. Don't do that. Just like in our daily life, husband and wife, you are helping one another. And if one of the spouse died, usually they feel such a grief. Even more so if they've been together for years and years and years. And one of them is like leaving first. It's like losing someone. Maybe just say in your household, housewives. When you are losing one of the helper in the house, you feel like, wow, so much more burden. So even more in the context of a war. Okay, we see now, nowadays we are witnessing a war. Can you imagine if the weaker country doesn't have a help, doesn't have all the ammunition or the weapons they don't have. How can they win? It's going to be hard. So the help in the time of war is really, really valuable. Sometimes it means life and death. So Jesus knows that when we are in the midst of this fight, you need a help. So the purpose of the message today is for every one of us to desire earnestly the indwelling of the Holy Spirit because that's the help that God provides. You cannot win over your flesh over your lust without the help of the Holy Spirit. Never, never. But first, we need to desire. It's not enough for us to say, okay, I believe in Jesus. I receive Jesus as my Savior. I'm just being a good Christian and this is enough. Well, maybe not so. And if you see the devil, they are not afraid of people going to church. The devil is not afraid of people getting involved in ministry. As long as it's only a form. Or maybe some people, they receive the visitation of the Holy Spirit, but it's only maybe one to two hours maximum in the church, only visitation. And then after that, going out, going back to the old life. 
but we need to desire the dwelling. So the Holy Spirit doesn't go away. The Holy Spirit doesn't just visit, but we dwell together. Start to listen to His voice. And that sometimes we need to cry out to God. God, open up my ears. I want to listen. Open up my eyes so that I can see. And those people who already know what the meaning of the Holy Spirit in their lives, just like in the Old Testament, people who are being overpowered by the Holy Spirit. And one time, David, who used to be such a sweet psalmist communing with the Holy Spirit, and when he fell into adultery, he started to cry out, God, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Because in that moment, he knew what it meant to be left behind by the Holy Spirit. And there is no way you can endure, you can win without the Holy Spirit. So, I pray that God himself will soften our hearts so that our heart will become to open and desire earnestly. So we'll read the first one. It's about the name. Why we are greatly helped. It's in the name. From John 16, verse 7 and 8, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So Jesus said, it's better for me to go so the Holy Spirit can come. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, the kingdom of God will dwell in you. Just like the disciples asking Jesus, Lord, when will you establish the kingdom? But Jesus said, no, the kingdom is not something that you can see with your eyes. But the kingdom will start inside. And this is being accomplished by the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to have a kingdom inside? That means there is a king ruling our lives. We cannot just do anything, whatever I like, whatever I wish. But when there is a king, I have to listen and obey. I cannot just take whatever I want. But if the king say no, then I have to obey. And Jesus called the name of the Holy Spirit, the Helper. When you read this, he repeatedly saying, telling that it is the Helper. The Helper comes from the word parakletos. That means someone who is called alongside to walk together. Just like parents, when you have little children, 
you would like to have maybe a nanny or somebody to walk along with your kids. So as to protect them, as to help them in whatever they need. So the Holy Spirit is God himself. The third person of God is being sent to walk with every one of you 24 hours, 7 days a week. You don't need to go to Jerusalem in order to get the help. But the Holy Spirit is being sent alongside with you. And we see here the meaning of the parakletos is also an intercessor, which is also in Romans 8. The Holy Spirit intercedes for you with words that we cannot understand. But the Holy Spirit who searched deep inside, He prayed to God for our behalf. You know, we are spiritual being. When you die, your body died. You leave your body. But your spirit is still alive. And your spirit being is something inside. And God is spirit. Sometimes when we you know, you have a friend, you talk to them. In order to know the spiritual being inside, sometimes it's not easy. We can put a facade, we can put a nice word, sweet words, but inside of us, we hold a grudge. Inside of us, we really don't like. So the spirit man is unseen, but the Holy Spirit is like the Lamb of God, is like a flashlight that God is using to search your inner man, to search your inner being, what is inside your spirit man. So the Holy Spirit will help you to understand your inner being. Is there any dark side in my life, Lord? Is there still things that I need to deal with? Now that's the Holy Spirit's work. He will convict. Conviction is not the work of a man. Sometimes when we speak the word of God, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts. And there is one uh, uh, evangelist, Catherine Coleman, she was being asked, aren't you tired? Because in her service, it will be like five hours. Five hour service, why? Because many sick people, they want to be prayed for. And there are so many healing. So people ask her, aren't you tired after your service? And she said, no, I'm not. You know why? Because it's not me, she said. It's like all this time in the service, I'm just an observer. I'm just watching how the Holy Spirit is healing that person from the wheelchair. How the Holy Spirit is touching another person. So she said, it's not my own strength. So I'm not putting such a great effort of my own. 
but she is working together. She is listening to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit say, oh, that sickness is being healed. So she is like just following the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is also a consoler. God knows that in this world, we will have many sorrows. In the psalm, it says, man, their lifespan is 70, 80 years. Can you imagine? It was written by Moses. And before, when God created Adam, his age was 900 something. <laughs> 900 coming down, down, down to 70 and 80. And he says in Psalm 70 and 80, maybe can be short, but it's full of suffering and tears. So God knows that in this world, there is no real happiness. There will be suffering, but then he sent the Holy Spirit to give you consolation. That you will be able to bear the burden. That you will be able to endure maybe your sickness. That's the Holy Spirit. He is also an advocate. Advocate means you have to stand in legal matters. If you are standing in a court and you don't have a help, in the legal matters, that's going to be very hard. Especially if you don't know all those things about laws. And God knows that we are facing the devil, which is 6,000, almost 6,000 years, maybe more. If you don't have a helper, how? Holy Spirit is also a comforter. Jesus, God, is a compassionate God. More than anything, if you go through a suffering, His intent and purpose is that through whatever suffering you have, you will come out stronger than before. So it's the name that God promised. And in verse 13 until 15, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, and therefore I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the name of the Holy Spirit is also being called the Spirit of Truth. If we want the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, if we want the helper to stay with us, then we need to agree with the truth. And right now, Christianity in the whole world is facing such a critical time. Why? Because 
in the last days, God says, there will be false teachers, false prophets. Even they will do signs and wonders, even to deceive the elect. So be careful. God already warned us. If we don't pay attention, if we don't love the truth in Thessalonians, if we don't love the truth, you are on the risk of being deceived. Why people can be deceived as if they cannot see? Because they do not love the truth. Sometimes we have many testimonies coming now. People in the other religion, but when their heart love the truth, they are praying, they are seeking God, show me the truth. You know what happened? There are so many testimonies, God is coming to them in dreams, in visions. And in those dreams and visions, they can see, oh, the truth is Jesus. I sometimes I think the greatest evangelism that God is doing now, which is not in Asia, not in America, but in Middle East. It's God doing the evangelistic things himself. He gave them dreams. He gave them visions. Because the heart that is loving the truth and God knows that that heart that loves the truth, once the truth is being revealed, then they will follow. Because they love the truth. They are willing to pay the price because they know this is the truth. So if we want the indwelling of God, the Holy Spirit, we need to come to agreement with the spirit of truth, anything that God says, it's not according to my truth. We need to be willing to part ways. Sometimes it's not easy to leave behind things that you love, but it's not truth. And the Holy Spirit will guide. He will speak. He will declare. As long as we obey, as long as we... Continually, step by step, submitting and obeying. He will keep speaking. But if we did not obey, then he will stop speaking. So we need to come back, trace back to the place where you haven't obeyed. He's such a gentle person. And number two. It's not only in the name, but the Holy Spirit, the indwelling, it means the life. Let me read from Romans 8, 9 until 11. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. 
But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So we see here in verse 9, there is a, a truth that God says, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to God. So the Spirit is being given to us as a down payment so that we know, yes, I am the child of God. Yes, I belong to God. Yes, I have given my life to Him. So this is how we know. But sometimes, you know, some people say, oh, I don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If we don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, why God write it down so many times? In the book of Acts, we read Cornelius, who is a non-Jewish person and his household. When they were listening to Peter speaking, giving sermon, suddenly in the midst of listening to the word, they were being filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter was like, wow, how does Peter know that they were being filled? Is by listening and hearing that Cornelius and his household starting to speak in the language of the Holy Spirit. Why you need the language of the kingdom of God? Because every kingdom, every country has a language, number one. But also, it's a language of prayer. You connect with God who is spirit. You started to talk. So, uh, the language of the Holy Spirit is not only blah, 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 but it's a language. You know language? Every word has a meaning. So, if you just speak on your mouth without meaning, I think you should stop. And you should start connecting with God in your spirit. And then you start talking just like you are talking with your friends. And the language of the Holy Spirit is a language of prayer that will strengthen yourself. It's also a mysterious, a secret language that the enemy will not be able to understand. And if God gives this language for us to pray, to strengthen ourselves, to strengthen our spirit. One time I remember when I was little, there was a lady, she was going to be married very soon, but suddenly the fiancé died of electrical uh, shock so it was so for this lady it was very shocking and I remember he came to our house she came to our house she just could not speak anything and she was just speaking in the language of the Holy Spirit 
he was speechless. How come this man, he was so young, vibrant, and they were getting married and suddenly he's gone. So the Holy Spirit is comforting her spirit. And here, the spirit is life because of righteousness. So we have to agree with the righteousness of God. And the spirit, through the spirit, he will give life to our mortal bodies. So the spirit is able to breathe. Just when you read in Ezekiel, he saw bones in the valley. And when he started to prophesy at the command of God, bones come to bones and they were connected. But there were no breath in them. They were already connected bone to bones. But then God says, okay, now you prophesy, speak to the breath of God. When the Spirit come into them, life start to come. God will give us life, spiritual life, when the Spirit start to breathe and stay inside of us. And this is uh, in verse 13. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So, how can we win over sins, over, over our fleshly desires? It says only by the Spirit. It's being repeated in Galatians. Walk by the Spirit and you will not fulfill, gratify the desires of the flesh. Because the flesh and the spirits are against each other. So in verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. In other words, what can stop you from sinning, from following the desires of your flesh, is not you yourselves, but it's the power of God. So when you want to be angry, why don't you stop and pray? God, please help. Maybe pray in the tongue, pray in the language of the Spirit that maybe you cannot talk, you are speechless, but you are crying out to God, God, help me. Help me to win over this search of anger. We will not fulfill the desires of the flesh if we walk by the Spirit. And the third one, beautiful things that God does for us. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we also may be glorified with Him. So the glorious thing that the Spirit, the Helper, 
that God wants to dwell inside of us is also being called spirit of adoption. God is in the business of adoption. So it's a beautiful thing when out of the heart of God, people adopt those who are in it. Because it's the same spirit in the heart of God. And the spirit of adoption is being given to us that when, we got, when God calls us into a relationship with Him, it's not a relationship of slavery. Slavery will mean that, oh, don't make God angry. If we make Him angry, we will get the punishment. The Christian life is not about being in slavery. God is not that kind of a God. But God instead, He will come to you and me, each one of us. He will come just like a father with his son and daughter. And who can make you son or daughters if you have the spirit of adoption inside of you? then you will be able, you can starting to have that relationship that in your prayer, you can call him, Oh, Father, Oh, Daddy, please help me. And if you realize this, that means in this earth, you will never be an orphan. Maybe you don't have parents anymore. But because the spirit of adoption is inside of you, you will always have a father who will walk alongside with you, who will give his spirit to dwell in you, who will help you in everything that you need. Let me have the musicians to come forward. And let's come before his throne, each one of us, personally. And let's sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. And it's not only welcome in this building, but more importantly, you are welcome in my heart. And church, it's good that we have Pentecost last Sunday. But it doesn't mean that we pray for you only during Pentecost. But we open up ourselves. Any one of you, at any time, when you really have the desire, I want the Holy Spirit. I want the baptism. Anytime, please come to us. And we are so pleased to pray with you. So let's come to God at this moment. Let's all stand up together and just, just close your eyes. Bring yourselves before Him.